0: Before we start the show, let's hear from one of our sponsors. Their support keeps this show free for you. Have you tried Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals? Yes, you heard me. No cooking, no prepping, and no cleanup. Making eating better every day easy. These no-prep, no-mess meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with ready-to-eat, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. There are 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and so much more. Plus, there are over 55 nutrition packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you waiting for? Ditch the meal prep today. Get started and have a week of meals ready to go. Head to factormeals.com slash peace50 and use code peace50 to get 50% off. That's code PEACE50 at factormeals.com slash PEACE50 to get 50% off. I came to parenting with everything I learned in childhood, yelling, punishing, controlling, and shaming. After trying almost every method, I found connected parenting and was totally shocked when empathy, listening, doing away with rewards and consequences, and being a safe place actually worked. It moved the behaviors of my children and it felt good, especially with my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you're here. Welcome back to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Michelle. We're talking about siblings siblings comes up a lot in parenting. It comes up a lot with my clients, it comes up a lot in my own home with my own kids. And siblings is one of the pieces that brought me to this work. You know, I think Esme's behavior towards her sister was exacerbated by the way in which I parented. And then she would take out her dysregulation and upset and frustration out on her sister. And so their fighting got to a fever pitch at some point. And um, I talk often about the story where she tried to hold her sister underneath the water in the pool and that that was kind of a breaking point for me. But that wasn't the the only thing that Esme did. Esme was very um, aggressive with her sister as even as a baby, she would like hug her, but like hug her too tight, you know? And she would nudge her on the, on, as she was walking by and she would push her. And Pia was a non-aggressor altogether. And she wasn't much of an instigator, although... Toward the end of us living in this world of control parenting, she started to become an instigator, and I think that helped her cement her good girl place in in the um household and that's kind of what I want to talk about in about around siblings today is that somehow I think us parents unknowingly we make it worse we exacerbate things that we could possibly make better, but we're making it worse, but we don't even know it and I am definitely i was that person and i didn't even know what i was doing i was just trying to and i hear this a lot too stand up for my my pia i was trying to stand up for who i thought the victim was and that i really deeply was so hurt that esme was hurting her sister that i had to felt like i had to protect her and that viewpoint in my head informed my actions and so all of my actions were for pia and against Esme. And when I created that, I cemented that paradigm. So I went in and Esme was already the aggressor and Pia was already kind of the victim. But I went in and kind of cemented that by always having Pia's back, by always saying, Esme, don't touch your sister like that. Esme, you know you're not supposed to hit. Esme, don't kick her. What did she do to you? Look at her. Look what you did to her. She's crying. And it wasn't even that I sent her to time out or I punished her or I, but I made it known that what she was doing is wrong and that she was hurting her sister. And people will say to me, well, isn't that what you're supposed to do? You have to tell the other child that they're, they can't do that. Sure, you can. But what does it do? Does it actually work? Does it help them see the errors of their way? Does it keep them from doing it again? much of the time it doesn't it doesn't work at all and why it doesn't work is because the child who is being the aggressor isn't doing well and calling them out for their aggression really makes them do worse and even for the compliant child that child might withdraw and go into themselves and stuff their feelings just to make everything okay whereas Esme she would go to like fight she would just continue to come after her sister in even bigger bigger ways because now she was mad at me. Now she was like, you, it's your fault. You're on her side. You like Pia better. And so it just fueled her fire. And I think that's where we get stuck. It's like, okay, but what do I do when my kid is like, they're crying on the couch and there are scratches all up and down their arm. And I, what am I supposed to do? And that's a big question. What are you supposed to do? But we can't just Pinpoint in that moment what are you supposed to do? Sure, we can, and let me get back to that kind of in a few minutes. But if we just focus on what you're supposed to do in that moment, we are just going to be constantly putting out fires, and I don't know that it will ever remedy itself if you're only worried about fixing the moment. Sure, I, I'm going to give you some things that can fix the moment just to get through because that's like a you're in you're a, having a, like a fire alarm almost, right? The fires just you're trying to put the fire out. And putting the fire out is just temporary because that fire just keeps flaming up and up because if you don't get it out good enough, it's just going to keep coming back. And that's kind of what happens in sibling rivalry. So let's think of it. Just let's let's zoom out for a minute. Let's think of it globally. We want to build in connection for this sweet Esme who isn't doing well and she keeps attacking her sister. And this sweet Esme has been in timeout. She's been rewarded. She's been punished. I've been taking her things away. This poor kid is like not doing well, and I'm just making it worse by all these consequences and threats and all the things I'm doing to her. And I don't necessarily realize it in the moment. I didn't necessarily realize it at all until I started to change the way in which I parented. So as soon as I realized that control parenting wasn't working and connected parenting was better. I started to build in connection with Esme. I started to do daily special time. I started to empathize with her feelings. I stopped using all of the control parenting and I really showed her I loved her unconditionally by accepting her mistakes. Esme started to feel better. And guess what? She started to treat her sister better because she was thinking better. So when we work on the relationship we share, with our child. So I worked on the relationship I'm sharing with Esme. And her brain started working better because her prefrontal, her reasoning brain could stay engaged more. She could think better. She could make better decisions. And she felt better. And she and I felt better. So she could go to her sister and negotiate and share more and be kinder. However, when there were those upsets, and there still were upsets, there always will be sibling upsets, I think. We have far fewer now. But when there were those upsets, I was still intervening with this kind of shame. And Esme, the strong willed, sensitive kid, she doesn't do well with shame. By the way, Pia, the agreeable kid, doesn't do well with shame either. She just processes it differently. She goes into herself. But Esme came out fighting. So I was still intervening, even though I was connected parenting and I was doing all the things, I didn't quite understand this paradigm. I didn't understand that I had to come neutrally. And I didn't really know what that meant because I, in my mind, I was no way I was coming neutrally when Pia had scratches all up and down her arm and her sister had bit her. That is, I was not, gonna, there's no way. No, nope. I am protecting my baby. You are not to do that to her. And then I started to have to unravel my own sibling relationship with my sister and how she and I fought really badly when we were younger and we kind of hated each other and we had a really tumultuous upbringing as far as our sibling relationship. And it took us many, many years and many, many years of therapy to get us back on track. And we still sometimes have a hard time. And I went to that place. They're going to hate each other. Esme's being so mean and Pia's never going to talk to her again. And that's kind of the paradigm that played out in my own house. My sister didn't want to talk to me because I was so mean to her growing up because I was taking out my dysregulation on my sister because I thought my parents... It was the same thing, of course, because generational trauma just follows you right along (laughs) and just keeps on going unless you put the cog in the wheel and you stop it. So I was triggered back to my own childhood. I was operating in a place where I thought my parents didn't intervene. They just let us go at it. And so it wasn't good. So I thought I'm intervening, I'm stopping it. I am not going to allow my baby to be hurt. But in that thinking, I created more upset and more rivalry and more trouble. My one-on-one parenting sessions are designed for us to dive deeply into your own personal parenting struggles. I wasn't being who I wanted to be as a parent. And I was often just really at a loss for what to do in situations that felt really hard. That's where we were when we started. We unravel those struggles using connection as opposed to resorting to punishments and threats and bribes. I teach you how to make that change. Myself and my husband like just didn't really know how to connect with our daughters. It was like a complete paradigm shift from what we were doing that was very obviously not working into more how can I be the best parent you need me to be in whatever situation we find ourselves in? Let me help you find more self-regulation so you can have the calm household that you always wanted to have. And now I'm like, duh, (laughs) why can't I learn this sooner? Become my private client today to find more peace in your household. Go to courses.peaceandparentingla.com forward slash private hyphen sessions to find out more information. Well, I'm so glad we found you. Thank goodness for Instagram. When I could reframe it, which was really hard, I had to reframe this idea that Pia was not the victim. That's a big thing to have to say and, and recognize even while she's being hurt, but she's not the victim and Esme is not the villain. They're just having a hard time and Esme can't regulate her feelings and she's taking it out on her sister and how can we get her to stop and how we can get her to stop this connection. So the outside of the moment connection pieces were working a lot but now we have to work on the inside of the moment inside the moment pieces but you can't just do the inside of the moment pieces not the outside of the moment pieces because if you just do the inside of the moment pieces then you're still going to have a child that isn't doing 100% completely better well now nobody's ever going to do 100% completely better but you haven't gotten rid of all the places that are rooting connection and you haven't an infused connection in in their place so in the moment i would just come in Now and say, what happened, guys? What's going on? What's happening here? And everybody would say their story. Pia would say, She scratched me and she bit me. And I would say, Oh Pia, it sounds like you're having a hard time, honey. I'm sorry. And I'd hold her hand. And then I would hold Hesmi's hand. Say, Esme, honey, what happened? I don't like her. I don't want her to be my sister. She's blah 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 blah. Okay, you guys are struggling, Esme, honey. I'm sorry this is happening. Let's see if we can figure it out. Now that in itself, just that empathic piece, helps kids' brains get back online, helps kids do better. Now, if they're too crazy and ignited, they might not even be able to do that. So you just come in and you separate and you say, yeah, okay, that's it. We're done. And you come in really quickly. You don't wait to come in. Come in immediately as soon as you hear something. When you can do this, now you've created the stage where it's neutral and where you're hearing people's feelings. Are you saying you can't do this and you can't do that and you're wrong and you're right? No, you're just listening to the upset and that's it. You're validating it. And that's more important than anything because kids, people, humans want to be seen and heard and understood. So I'm seeing, hearing, and understanding you. I'm validating your feelings. I'm coming in neutrally. If you do nothing else, that can be enough. It really can be enough. Now, if you can find this leap, if you can find this idea in your head that one child is not necessarily the victim and that the sibling relationship is this long involved relationship, right? It's been going on five years, six years, three years, 10 years, whatever it is everyone's had their faults. Everyone's been the good guy. Everyone's been the bad guy. Everyone has a reason why they're doing it. Esme's reason was she didn't feel like she had a place in the family. Pia had taken her place. We all liked Pia better. Not that she was justified in biting or scratching her sister, but that it came from a place of hurt. It doesn't come from a place of a villain. It came from a place of hurt and she's a child. That's the other thing too. I, I have a lot of clients who's who have been hit as kids or beat as kids or um, shamed as kids. And so they really feel like their child that's yelling and screaming and hitting and all of these things is actually a villain because they remind them of the adult in their life that did that. But adults have a different responsibility and adults have a fully developed brain and adults might be coming from a place of hurt, but they have an obligation not to hurt little children and they have an obligation not to hurt other people. A little child or any child who is aggressive out of fear or out of hurt, which comes from fear, fear of not be having a place in the house as me, for instance, that is a totally different story. And so we have to reframe that. My, I'll have a lot of parents who will say, well, my, my kid's abusing me. They're abusing me because when I have a tantrum, they're abusing me. And um, I get that. I think that it can feel like that, especially if you've been abused. It can feel like abuse, like anyone hitting you or touching your body when you don't give consent can feel abusive. But I don't think the intent is the same. Your child doesn't mean to control you or to punish you or to put you in your place. They're not being abusive. They're dysregulated and having a hard time and taking it out on you. Is it right? <sighs> no, I mean, no, hitting's never right, right? But it doesn't have the same intent. So if we can unwind the intent there and we can unwind the intent around sibling rivalry too, where it's an unmet need and not a need to control or to you know, really like hurt so that you can get your own way or whatever it is happening in an adult relationship around abuse, that's not the same thing. But it's hard to unravel it if you have been abused or hit, or if you've seen a lot of hitting, or if you've been witness to hitting, if your parents were hitting each other, then that can also trigger you. So it's worth it to get back into your own childhood and to, to really journal about that, to really think like, okay, what was hitting like in my own household? Who hit who and why? And what did that feel like for me? And does that put me in the same emergency that I'm in when I see my oldest hit my youngest? So some things to think about in the sibling relationship that, you know, it isn't, it's not easy and it's not uncomplicated. It really is a complicated experience being in a sibling relationship and then coming to it with connections through this totally counterintuitive way can feel wrong. But I'll tell you what, it works. It really does. If you can come in with neutrality, you can listen to my other sibling rivalry podcast from like the first season. I think it's like number eight or six, six or eight and download the guide. You can take the Sibling Rivalry course, which is awesome. It's one hour and it really does explain all this and more. And it's at workshops so whose parents ask questions and I answer. And you can really find a new way to understand your siblings and I think really infuse connection and make better meaning for them. So thank you for joining me on the Peace and Parenting podcast. And I'm so glad you were here.